Before we begin, we like to acknowledge that both Vasha and I are on Gadigal land. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always is and always will be Aboriginal land. Today's episode is all about Eurocentric beauty standards, influences that force us as people of colour to dislike our features and to stray away from appreciating who we actually are. As a person of colour, these standards are literally everywhere, whether it be the TV show you watch, the products you put on your skin, or the people you've surrounded yourself by. And as much as I hate to admit it, society's standards of beauty are implicitly Eurocentric. Alrighty, hello, and welcome to Not To Be Controversial, episode two. Um, this is crazy, but first off, we need to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love on the first episode. Like, I couldn't even comprehend that people were listening to us. And Varsha and I got, like, many sweet messages. And, like, I was even on a family call with, like, all of my family. And my uncle, like, I call him Barpy, was like, oh, I love the podcast. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's really weird. But thank you all for listening in. Yeah, no, I actually cannot believe it that people are even listening to this. It was really weird because similarly to Tiara, I was talking to my cousin and he's like, now I have another podcast to listen to. And I was like, oh, okay. I also feel like it's a bit weird that people we know are listening to this as much as we want it. But, but yes. And a lot of you guys wanted us to talk about Eurocentric beauty standards. But before we dive in to any of our juicy Eurocentric conversations, we do want to start with a little check-in. So whatever you're doing right now, just take a moment to stop and reflect on how you're feeling right now in this moment. Tiara, how are you doing? I'm actually really excited to talk about this. Like, um, I'm feeling chill, feeling fun. Not fun, just chill. Um, what about you, Vasha? Um, I'm doing okay. I've been a little bit burnt out the past couple of days. Like yesterday, I pretty much slept the entire day. It was unreal. I slept like most of it. But yes, I'm feeling a lot better today. And I am so, so, so keen to chat about this. I think it's so important. And I kind of wish I had people talking about this when I was younger, because it's something that I definitely did struggle with a lot. And like, sometimes I still do. But I guess when you're younger and you don't have people telling you that it's okay to feel like this, it's a bit tricky. Yeah, and you have to navigate that kind of by yourself. Exactly, exactly. So, should we jump right in? Hell yeah, let's get into it. So, I think we're going to start by defining what the hell Eurocentric beauty standards are. Because the term Eurocentric gets thrown around heaps. If you're a person of colour, you're probably hella familiar with what it means. But if you don't know what it means, here's what it is. Eurocentric or Western beauty standards is a viewpoint whereby European culture and features are looked upon favorably and they are biased against non-Western civilization. Western beauty ideals include being thin, tall, having long hair, having light tan skin, having large breasts, large eyes, small nose and high cheekbones. Now listeners, when I listed those features, what popped into your head? Well, the first thing that popped into my head was a Barbie doll. I owned a few of them when I was about six years old and I remember loving their blonde hair and admiring their ocean blue eyes. Questioning, I don't really look like that. But I know heaps of other girls in my school that look like that and they're beautiful. And that, my dear friends, is where the problem lies. These Western beauty standards have been inculcated into everyday life and they make young women and men 
question, why don't I look like that? Oh, honestly, just so fucked up and like it affects us so bad. It does because if you think about it, the average Joe does not look like that. I mean, Joe is a white name, but the average person doesn't look like that. Did we agree on the average Shreya last time? I think we did. The average Shreya, yeah. Let's let's stick with average Shreya. Shreya does not look like that. Like it, it doesn't, and that is fine. And it took me a while to accept that. And I think it that's the case for a lot of brown people, honestly. Yeah, no, completely agree. For me, when I was growing up, everything was kind of grounded in Eurocentric beauty standards. And I didn't know about this. And I didn't realize this until probably like last year or the year before. And I'm 19 now. So it took a while. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's so ingrained in us. How do you think, um, let's get into us. Let's talk about us. How do you think the Eurocentric beauty standards or, you know, the Western beauty standards have affected you? What has your experience been, Vasha? Um, it's honestly been pretty terrible. Like, I I think the people around me mean really well. Like, I wouldn't mm. ever say otherwise. But I think even things like, so when I was younger, my skin was a lot lighter. So when I got a little bit older, you know, obviously spending time in the sun and all of that, I'd always get the comments, oh, you were so much fairer when you were lighter. And what really hit me last year was the word fair. And like, why is it, why is white skin associated with the word fair? Like, is it fair to be white? And like, that really hit me. And I was like, holy shit, this this is not okay. Like, there is something wrong with the dialogue that we use around this. But because of that, even things like sunscreen weren't really about protecting my skin at that point. It was just about making sure I didn't get any darker. And I just have this one really vivid memory and it must have been when I was like maybe 10 or 11. Um, so I think I was in year six and I was literally sitting there and I was crying because I was like, my skin is so dark. And uh, to be quite honest, I don't think I'm quite dark skinned either. So for me to feel like that and have those experiences and knowing people who have darker skin than me and like knowing the experiences they've had, it's just so, so frustrating to deal with. And now looking back on that, I just want to tell younger Varsha that it's completely okay and like your skin color is nothing to be ashamed of. Oh yeah, definitely. I wish I had that when I was younger. Like um, even with representation, like I realized Mm. that even now when I see black and brown women, like they do appear in magazines, ads and TV programs, a majority of the time they tend to have light skin and like straight hair and anglicized features thus they're just perpetuating those eurocentric beauty standards even more um yeah so that's the that's the thing that I've realized and it didn't like once again like you were saying it took me a couple of years to sort of fully realize that not everyone looks like that and if they do then they're probably mixed or like they probably just have good genes like not everyone looks like that but but why is it good genes like why do we say those features are mm, good genes yeah. right and I think it's just like yeah oh yeah like they just have fairer skin and they just have this and that they just have good genes or like they just have bigger eyes and I don't know it's just even things like weight and hair and all of that like I have really frizzy hair especially when it's humid like a lot of other people but I think there's a little bit of like a thicker hair isn't that good and you need to get it layered and do all this and do that and it's just it's so frustrating Mm. yeah honestly um yeah one thing that I was one thing that okay if you know me you know that 
Like I love, here's the thing, here's the effed up part. I used to be fine. Like I used to be neutral with the way I looked. Like I was fine with the way I looked, but it wasn't until like year 11, like year 12 that I kind of realized that, oh, I, and this is not like people, like no one was telling me this, but in my brain, it was like, I need to lose weight. Mm. I'm going to dye my hair, which I did. I need to get piercings, which I did. Mm. I bought contacts and now I wear them. Like I wear these hazel contacts. I'm wearing them right now. Like I wear hazel contacts all the time. I did not know that. You didn't know I was wearing hazel contacts. See, that's that. See how effed up that is that you didn't know I was wearing contact lenses because I wear them all the time. I thought that that was your natural eye color. Like I was always like, she has such like such a pretty brown. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's a shock to me. Yeah, I wear them all the time. And if wow. that's not a physical manifestation of Eurocentric beauty standards, manifestation, sorry. <laughs> if that isn't a physical manifestation of Eurocentric beauty standards, I don't know what is. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, okay. And like, why? So what made you want to start wearing that? And like, do you think you still have the same reason? Or is there a different reason you still continue to wear them? I kind of realized that it made me look whiter like it all stems once again from being a brown girl in a predominantly white high school Mm. like I wanted to look like them um I would mimic their behavior and like kind of had adopted their mannerisms to an extent but I kind of looked at it like oh like I look white if I wear contacts I I dyed my hair before lockdown and it's like turning blonde and normally I would have an issue with that but now because I've accepted the way I look I'm like oh I look like I look a bit like a white girl. It, like, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's messed up. I remember we talked about this and I was like, oh, okay, is that is that how you view it now? Because I love you with your black hair. So I was always really, I don't know. Like, I love you with your blonde hair as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's strange. Wow, the context, and the context thing is so, like, I'm still trying to process it. I think I never knew that catfish sorry no but like yeah that is it's messed isn't it the fact that we kind of grow up wanting to be white Mm. or just getting so assimilated into that I I completely get that though because I remember I was I think this was you know when I was 10 or 11 again we really had an identity crisis obviously (laughs) but I went to India with my family and One of the things I did, which I had always told myself I wouldn't and I would never ever do now, is I bought Fair and Lovely. And like, I don't know why. I never used it because a part of me was always like, I can't do that. But I just wanted to have it because I think it told myself that I was trying at least. And if I was trying, that was okay. And I don't know. It was just, it was so bad. And I remember my mom being like, what are you doing? Like, why did you buy that? And I was like, oh, you know, I just want to try it. And I remember I found it like two years ago, unopened, and I chucked it in the bin because it was expired. And also I would never, ever touch anything like that again. But yeah. That's, that's crazy. It's crazy and it makes me sad to think that beauty, okay, this is probably very deep, the very deep way of putting it. Let's go. But beauty is in the eyes of the colonizer or the colonizers. Oh, I love that. We didn't, like, there's nothing, I just, there are so many brown girls that I know that are even, like, Latino women, Asian girls especially, like, I have an age, like, I have Asian friends who, like, have expressed to me that they don't like the way they look or that they wear, that they get their hair done. And this is, once again, 
to each their own. I can't talk. I'm literally, I have my hair dyed blonde. I'm contemplating getting piercings right now. And I'm wearing hazel eye contacts when my natural eye color is like dark brown. Like I cannot speak. But it's really sad that it's kind of, we've been melded into society's mold. That's what upsets me. Mm. With the piercings thing, I know in India, it's really, really common. Like as soon as your child is born like it doesn't matter what gender you are you will get your ears pierced Mm. it's just kind of like a ritualistic thing yeah is it similar in sri lanka i mean uh i'm not entirely sure because i wasn't like i think my sister's ears were pierced but mine wasn't like i was not personally Mm. yeah so maybe maybe it is pretty sure it is but like even with the piercing thing like it is so so common in india for instance to get your nose pierced to get this piercing get that pierced but then all of a sudden, when you look at it from a Eurocentric standard, it's just, it's such a different view. And like suddenly piercings means that you're punk or that you're this or that you're that. And we just like, and we label and we categorize ourselves into these boxes, basically, that say that this is our personality if you have this many piercings. And like the more piercings you have, the cooler you are. I feel like it's a gentrification of culture again. Mm, definitely. And there's also that whole like, um, I once was told by my friend, um, oh, okay, so this is fellow POC or like brown men and women. This is going to make your blood boil if this has been said to you. So I have two instances where I've heard this. One, when someone online, like a complete stranger in my DMs, like uh, messaged me like, oh, you're beautiful for a brown girl. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. That and once I was out with my cousins, like my cousins, like we're just having a good time. I think we just went out to the city or something. And then this random woman once again DM'd me saying, oh, your cousin's really hot for a brown dude. And I was like, bro, oh, oh, and like, oh, like it just, it shit me to my core. It genuinely No, of course. I had a similar experience. So I was on the train and it was pretty late and we were also in the area that, you know, it's known to be a little bit racist and I was with my friend who is white passing and this white man came up to me and he was a bit elderly and he comes up and he says black is beautiful dear and I'm just like excuse me like I didn't ask for your thoughts I didn't ask for your opinion I'm standing on on a train with my friend just waiting to get off and you come and say that to me and it's just and in that moment, I, I don't think I'd ever really thought about my skin color too much for a little bit during high school, but it really hit me that I was like, oh, wait, this is my skin color. And it kind of wakes you up. Mm, yeah, it kind of shows just how deeply rooted kind of Eurocentric colorism, especially mm. because um, colorism, it kind of shows how colorism is a colonial legacy rooted in the mm. class system. Like many women, as you were mentioning before, um, I know my mom hates going in the sun. Sorry, me. She yeah. hates going in the sun. And I was like, oh my God, like she wears long sleeves on like boiling hot days. How's this lady not dying? Mm. And then I realized it's because so many Asian women feel pressured to maintain fair skin. Uh-huh. Okay. because it's like it's it like but it's true like apart from the whole using chemicals for skin lightening you know women don't want to be dark because i think it's probably because like you know how in the ancient hindu caste system they made fair skin really desirable in oh, India, yeah. Sri Lanka, Nepal, because laborers in the lower caste had dark skin and therefore were mm, subject to poor mm. treatment from their higher ranking fair skin counterparts 
And that, it's just insane to see how that's carried on and was kind of nurtured by this whole Western beauty standard thing. No, I completely agree. And I think it's with most things, to be quite honest, like there's there's a lot of things around getting your period and menstruation and how women shouldn't like be in, I don't know, like the God's room or whatever it is in India. And like, I personally have never experienced this. And I was actually talking to my mom about it a few weeks ago and she was like no I never had that experience but I definitely knew people who did and she was saying that she thought it started ages and ages ago because obviously when you're menstruating it can be like quite tedious on the body so like not having women doing work might be the reason for that but obviously it might also be for other reasons that completely bullshit but like if it is for the reason that, you know, we want to make sure that women aren't getting tired or like whoever is menstruating um, isn't too tired then it's just a really weird reason that we've kind of turned it into now. I don't know. I don't even know if that made sense. But yeah, I just think that the way that we've taken all these things in history that are supposed to be good for us and like part of a certain reason or just like something that's naturally happened has changed into like crap. Honestly, and it's not even like there's obviously heaps of um, pushback and retaliation when it comes to things like fair and lovely unilever tried to change um their they uh, no unilever did change the name of fair and lovely to glow and lovely did you see that only last year no yeah only last year did they do that like the beauty industry seems to be making very very slow headway in oh no the industry in general entertainment industry beauty industry are trying Mm. to achieve greater diversity but it does not help when you have had years and years of just perpetuating this one standard to the point where like all of these men and women are like but aren't I supposed to look like this it's kind of like greenwashing to me by saying glow and lovely you really do mean fair and lovely you really do mean make your skin lighter so you can fit in you really do mean that you are more desirable if you have light skin Mm, it's not enough to simply change the name of a skin lightening product while still perpetuating attitudes that contribute to its demand it's not exactly it's it's kind of like you know the government saying oh you know we've met our Kyoto credits we're we're solving climate change it's literally the same thing companies that greenwash and I guess companies that colonialize I don't even know what they're doing now with glow and lovely it's just (laughs) uh you know I could go on a on a tangent talking about fair and lovely and all of the bullshit that they've chucked at young women and men throughout the years but we went on N2BC's Instagram and we actually asked you guys, um, sorry, wait, a quick shameless plug. Follow at N2BC pod on Instagram if you want to be involved um, yes. in these things. Um, so we asked, have Eurocentric beauty standards ever affected you? And 93% of you said yes. That's, that's wild. Insane. I can't believe it. That's crazy. I know. Oh, I just can't imagine the number of young people just being like, oh, I wish I had somebody talking about this. I don't know. I don't even know. Um, um, and then we proceeded to ask, as a person of colour, have Eurocentric beauty standards ever made you want to be white or get Western features? And a lot of people said yes. 87% of you. Yeah, that's... Holy that's crap. Fuck. Holy crap. That's a lot of people. So um, I'm going to read out some of the responses mm. that hit me because they made me feel – they made me – it's it's just crap that I can relate to them, and I'm sure you can as well, but it's just very crap. 
Um, this dude said, when I was in year eight, I hated my hair type. I have naturally curly hair, but I always wished for straight hair like my peers. Um, yeah. Listen, fair enough. <laughs> um, I hate my puffy hair. Mm, no, I totally get that. And I remember going throughout high school and be like, oh, I just, I hate how puffy it is. And I hate, I just like hated my hair. And then I finally got a hair straightener only a couple years ago. And it was, it was kind of like I straightened my hair every day for probably a year or so and and now I don't do that anymore now I love it when my hair is straight and that's just because it makes me feel good it's like easier to brush and that kind of thing but it's not out of any oh I just like I need to fit into these standards and I think disassociating that like how I wanted my hair Mm, yeah speaking of hair um I we got a response that said that really made me think and gave me PTSD, honestly. Um, Eurocentric beauty standards start affecting brown girls from as early as primary school when they realize that they have body hair and their white oh. counterparts don't. Moments like that make you internalize a hatred for the way you look. And I relate to that. That is very sad. 100%. That's crazy. It's just, it's so bad. What was your experience with hair and that kind of thing? Um... I think I just always had a mus- mustache, like a really annoying mm. mustache, and my white friends didn't. And I kind of just like, yeah, it was kind of like, and I had a very hairy arms. So like, yes. in primary school, when I would get bullied, like on top oh. of already having like really bad dermatitis, when I got bullied, I got called like gorilla because I had like oh heaps God. of arm hair. Oh, it's funny now. It was like depressing when I was younger, but it's no, funny now. but it must have been really bad then. Yeah, but but that's just something, like you were saying before, like you wish you knew that this was a normal thing as a brown girl. And I think like my sisters to me, like I keep dro- name, like I keep name dropping my family, but it's just like, it's all I knew when I was growing up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my sisters were like, my sisters are beautiful. So like they were like, to me, I felt like a little monkey and they were like two princesses. Like I didn't really see that much body hair on them. So I was always like, oh. Mm, I felt exactly the same way. Just like, eyebrows um the mustache I don't know oh arm hair was was something that that really annoyed me I remember I was in year eight I really have these vivid memories clearly because I know the exact age I was and the exact time but I was in English class it was the first day of year eight and like I didn't really have any friends in the class made friends later but size the point um and I just remember like wanting to pull up the sleeves of my sweater even though it was boiling hot because of the hair on my arms and I remember looking around and being like other people don't have this much hair and it just like I don't know it just really stuck with me and I was like I need to do something about this this is just not right yeah it's just ooh, it just uh, it makes me angry because I don't want my nieces growing up you know I just don't want younger kids like I don't want my nieces to grow up and just think that what they see is the stock standard beauty type like I want them to realize that they obviously are very beautiful and that you don't have to achieve a certain look like you really don't yeah yeah and I think it's just difficult though because like anytime you go into a shopping center wherever you go there's always like get a Brazilian get this laser and like this and that it's just you can't escape it because everywhere you go, it's all about hair removal and skin lightening and wanting to get that glow and being that girl. 
Exactly. Looking at more responses, someone said, Eurocentric beauty standards maybe affected me as a kid. Like I wanted colored eyes, but I got confident in my own skin as I grew up. And I really like to hear that. And I really like to see that because when you're someone, when you're brown, it's really hard to kind of like escape Eurocentric beauty standards. It's not even like, oh, I'm friends with white people, blah, blah, blah. No, you spend time doing this whole self-exploration I mean I know I did like I just picked picked apart what I looked at and what I saw and I was like yeah same "Ah." yeah it was like really like a moment of (laughs) self-exploration (laughs) self-exploration I feel like everything like is like that I remember some somebody once said something about sideburns to me and I was like since then there's always been a little part of me or for a while there was there was like Fasha just like you can't wear your hair up you can't do this you can't do that and it's just like it's so so frustrating and even just it's just small things and I feel Mm. like it's really ingrained in families as well at least that's what I found it's just implicit it's kind of the way it is like you do things naturally because of Eurocentric beauty standards without actually realizing it yeah you're 100% right now we can't talk about Eurocentric beauty standards without addressing Bollywood (gasps) oh my gosh exactly (laughs) so um let's delve into that a little bit so I was very I am still a Bollywood kid like I love 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 Bollywood I love Shah Rukh Khan I would marry Preeti Zinthar if I could like I just I love Bollywood like if uh my sisters like are like do you think you're Indian like no like I just I genuinely love Bollywood so much (laughs) join us (laughs) yes everyone watch oh yeah wait actually yeah if you okay so okay okay off topic Varsha if you were to recommend someone who hasn't watched Bollywood a Bollywood movie three idiots three idiots hands down best movie it's got emotion it's got comedy it's got music it's it's literally the perfect Bollywood movie. Yeah, that is a very good movie. I think I would recommend Dil Dahdakne Do. Is that it? Is that how you say it? I actually haven't seen that one. It has like Ranveer and Priyanka. Okay, let's delve into the P. Yeah, let's delve into this. Um, it has like a lot of heaps of famous people in it and it's like a very good movie. But since we're on the topic of Bollywood and Eurocentric beauty standards, let's talk about how they literally never cast dark skin. Okay, no, disagree, right? So I was talking to some family friends and they were like, oh, I'm so happy like Bollywood's moving forward. Like, have you seen Deepika Padukone? Like she has darker skin or what? I was like, you're joking. Like the people that we say have dark skin don't even have dark skin. Like our standards of what dark is has changed and just become so distorted and warped by Eurocentric beauty standards. Like it's, they, they never do. They never do is the point. Like they never do. And it like it bothers me because they are a direct reflection of those beauty standards. Mm, completely agree. I know that I've definitely seen before and after pictures of actresses like Kajol and just how light their skin has gotten. Yeah. And there has been like Priyanka, um, like she's an exception because she's both Hollywood and Bollywood. Um, but I've seen her and Deepika have like properly promoted fair and lovely <laughs> and like skin lightening creams. And, um, you know, we have people on, you know, when they celebrate, like I saw this thing that Vogue US, this was like probably like years ago. No, it would have been like 2019, 2018, where like oh. Vogue celebrated diversity mm. by putting women of color on the Vogue 
page, but there were not no dark skinned women whatsoever. And their token brown person was Deepika Padukone, and she is very light skinned. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I think I was saying. Just that idea of what dark skin is has like if there's a tint mm-hmm. of brown, it's like oh, dark skin. Like you're not white anymore, and and that's the threshold. And it's just like no, no, no. There's different shades and. And I think brands like Fenty Beauty and everything that actually have those different shades of brown really show what diversity actually is. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah. I just, ugh, when it comes to Rihanna, I have no words. I Goddess. just love her. Ugh, I love her so much. It's actually, ugh, I just love her. And I love Fenty Beauty. I know, Beauty. I know, I know. She's just, I just don't know. No words. Rihanna, we love you. No words. Genuinely, we just stand. Rihanna, we love you. We love you, Riri. Oh my gosh. Drop the album, please. please. It's been years. Jesus Christ. Um. Jesus Christ. I can't. Ugh, I've given up. Oh my gosh. <sighs> one more response that I found really, like, I guess sad was one person said they pray to God. They used to pray to God so they can make them white when they grew up. I don't know. I don't even know what to uh. say. I'm sorry you felt that way. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I always, I always, I get that because when I was younger, I always hoped that one day a dude that was white would show interest in me. It's really embarrassing to admit now because, you know, to each their own. But I once was in, I remember I was talking with one of my best friends about this actually, where she was like, I didn't know that white men were interested in brown women until like I was older like I just they she just always assumed and I honestly mm. I also assumed that they would not go for me solely because but I, was I think there's also this massive fetishization of exotic women like quote-unquote exotic and it's disgusting it's actually gross like why exotic oh exotic like women. what about me it's exotic nothing <laughs> nothing okay similarly i feel like many men struggle with eurocentric beauty standards like men look at this like barbie ken like physique or like the side put hair and the build and they're all like oh yeah let's hit the gym but it's like bodies aren't made to look like ken so they like it's much similar you bodies aren't made to look like ken bodies are made to look like barbie Mm. and the media just continuously perpetuates that to the point where men and women feel like they're not worthy or they are the other because of what they see. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And obviously I can't speak for the experiences of men or like people of any other gender, whatever you identify as. I just like, I can't imagine how difficult it is for those who don't conform to being um, like female or male, just like how hard it must be to kind of figure out not only like not only to kind of come to terms with your own identity and like whatever gender whatever that may be but then also having to deal with your eccentric beauty standards in that regard Mm, yeah a hundred percent yeah it's just it's just crap honestly like your eccentric beauty standards are just terrible and like I think oh I don't even know I don't even know what were you saying about men please keep going that was lovely um, I'd like to interject a little rant to give you guys a story time on my interactions with Fair and Lovely. So I was always told that I was very light. My dad had very light skin. Um, my There's a history of green eye. Like my cousin, she's beautiful. She has green eyes. Um, and she, I've always been like 
kind of I've been familiar I was a, as a child I was familiar with Fairy Lovely because it was bloody everywhere in Sri Lanka like I could not go to a food works I could not go to a Kiehl's I couldn't go anywhere even like a beauty salon like obviously it's a beauty salon but like a hair salon without seeing a bottle of Fairy Lovely. Fairy Lovely is a product that many of us are all too familiar with and as a light coloured Singalese girl, I never fully understood the damaging effects of this mm. cream on both our skin and our psyche. And mm. I probably never will. Um, but one day I had an encounter at a shop in Hikkarua, which is where my family grew up or my dad grew up. And I was literally like browsing for snacks when a cashier at Cargill's handed the lady. She was beautiful. Like the lady in front of me. She handed mm. her a sample of Fair and Lovely. And I was like, okay, like, cool, whatever, this lady's being colorist, I don't know. And she, and I was like fully, I was like, we were in the line. I was fully prepared for this woman to hand me a sample of Fair and Lovely and then like chuck it in the bin, like just let her watch me chuck it in the bin. Um, And then, you know what, she didn't give it to me. Like, I reached out my hand to her and she just smiled and told me to have a good day in Singhala. And I was like, and then I was like, oh my God, it's like, I was like, you're like, ugh, just the whole, the clear mm. bias and no, the clear colorism. Yeah. Like, and I caught up to the lady and I was like, had a small conversation with her and I said, hi, and how are you? And um, I just realized it's appalling to see just how embedded these colonial aspects are still in the motherland. And it just was very confronting. No, of course. And I feel like we've talked so much about Fair and Lovely, but I think that's because, and I think that's because it's had such a significant impact Mm. on us. Like literally everywhere you go. I remember I walked into Daiso with a friend like last year and an entire row is just like skin lightening products. And I, I remember being like, oh my gosh, at least like I'm awake to this now. At least I know that I don't need to lighten my skin and I don't need to do this, but it's just, I don't even know. I, I don't know. It's just terrible. <laughs> and we also asked what platforms perpetuate these standards. And a lot of you said Instagram. Some of you said all media, like magazines, movies, shows, TikTok. We've already talked about Bollywood. <laughs> A cruel killer in itself. Mm, but besides yeah. the point. Um, and just like TV. And I definitely see like Instagram. Personally for me, that's definitely been like the main kind of attacker because I think I've I've definitely tried like following different accounts and doing all of that but still at the end of the day it's like the influences that I like or that I gravitate towards have western features or are mixed race or are white and it's kind of hard to fall out of that I remember seeing there's this thing on TikTok right where I don't know if you've seen it, but it's been all over my For You page. Like there are brown girls and then there are sparkly emoji brown girls. Like insinu- insinuating oh. that there are two different types of brown girls and like that one may be more physically desirable than the other. Like it's just, I like, I don't know. I remember seeing that and being like, uh, no, it is everywhere. Like, yeah, just the whole sparkly emoji made me feel like crap. <laughs> like, no, I get that. Why? And I think it's the fact that the people who are making this a lot of the time are people of color. So it's already hard enough to be a person of color, in my opinion. So why are we trying to like factionalize us and compartmentalize us? And I think just media really attacks that. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to keep perpetuating these standards because people of color are sometimes 
perpetuating it themselves. Um, yeah. And that is a whole nother, like, that's just a whole nother can of worms that is really sad and not fair. But, you know, it's just, you're just continuously exposed to this one model of person. And you have, and a lot of us don't know any better, Mm. if you know what I mean. No, we really don't. And I, I think for me as well, it was just in high school, you're kind of, surrounded by that I don't know I went to a predominantly white high school and so all I really saw was whiteness and like white girls and and just the features that they had and how I was so undesirable in comparison to that and it was really frustrating and even the you know the few people of color in my school I always saw that they were just stunning because they had like long eyelashes lighter skin than me just were really really stunning people um and I was was like I could never live up to that so I think I definitely did have that I kind of internalized that whole there's two type of brown girls thing yeah a hundred percent I get that now that we're talking about that do you think that do you see like any improvement whether that be within you know the conversations that you have with your peers or like social media do you think you see any improvement when it comes to eurocentric beauty standards and kind of decolonizing your mind if that makes sense i definitely think i do to an extent but i think it depends on on who you surround yourself with and i realized how important that is and it is tricky to kind of say no to things that people around you generally consider beautiful and like what what's sexy and like how much cleavage you should show and how much this and that and it I don't even know if I'm answering the question but honestly I I think to an extent but I think there's such a long way to go because I know that my Instagram feed could do with a lot more diversity I know that people around me could do with a lot more self-confidence and that's including myself regarding just being able to appreciate the features that you have because it's still something that I do struggle with sometimes what about you? Yeah, honestly, when it comes to like, you know, like that I like, I have a very, I'd like to think that it is getting better because I see more representation, but I don't see anyone that looks like me, whether it comes to like, you know, body type. Um, it, once again, when it comes to um, representation, and Eurocentric beauty standards, it's hard to find someone that doesn't feel like a caricature. Like, it feels very just tokenistic. And we talked mm. about that in tokenism in the last episode a little bit because we just went on another rant. But, um, yeah, it's hard. I want to see more improvement. Ideally, I want the concept of, like, you know, fair and lovely or glow and lovely or whatever they try to cover up or, you know, However, they try to cover it up with whatever bullshit they spit up. But I ideally just think that fair and lovely and all of that should just not be a thing. Because not only is it harmful to your skin, it's harmful to your mind, it's harmful to your self-worth. And it just continuously perpetuates. I don't know why Unilever continues to make this bullshit. And I don't know why it's deemed safe. Like, it's not safe whatsoever. I think for me also with the kind of advertising and stuff of brands, a lot of the time, even when they do have diversity, it'll just be like two black women and the rest will be white and they'll probably have like one Asian. But it's just like, there's yeah. there's so many different 
people of color out there. Like, you don't need to seclude yourself to two black women and one Asian. Like, I don't know. It's just really frustrating because I don't think we see diverse representation. Like, let's see some Indian women and Sri Lankan women and Filipino women and just, like, women from all these other areas for every single ad for, like, underwear, whatever it is. It's just, it's so incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because I don't it's hard because like there are still people who are older than us that think that it's okay and you know it's difficult to like like yours your because whenever oh I love my family but like do you ever just get stuck in a conversation with an auntie <laughs> yeah. and she says something like Ah, you've gotten darker. Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. I see. Yes. Lord, it is the most frustrating thing because what I want to do is like run out there screaming and like not talk to anyone. But like you just have to sit there and listen to this like 50-year-old man like critique you and say, ah, you gained a bit of weight. Like I remember someone told that to my sister like six months after she had a kid. Not even. Like just like a couple months after she had a baby. No, well, no shit she's going to gain weight. She had a human inside of her. And I was like, what the hell? Exactly. (laughs) Like so I just find it annoying that people, certain people from the older generation just are so impacted by these standards Mm. that they're like, oh, I'm, you know, feel free to comment on people's But also they don't know any better. Like, I think it's really, really easy to critique them. And I definitely do. And I definitely will continue to, I guess, because it just, it is really frustrating and it is really hurtful to hear it. But at the same time, they've grown up in that environment. And I think not having the exposure to actually understand that these are Eurocentric beauty standards that have just been perpetuated by media, by products like Fair and Lovely or whatever that's called, um, it's really hard to understand that what they're saying isn't right and that like you are allowed to embrace your own features and that darker skin is beautiful and I don't know like having a certain type of nose like somebody said they felt very self-conscious about having an Italian nose and like that's stunning and like how beautiful that is and I don't know all of these features are just our own and they aren't I don't know this whole standard just needs to be completely dismantled. Additionally, we need to talk about whitewashing. Whitewashing in the media has gone on for like way too long. And there are so many beautiful aspects of all cultures that need to be appreciated or religions that need to be appreciated. And I just am appalled at how, like, for example, my niece has um, Disney princess dolls. And I remember picking up her Pocahontas doll. Pocahontas was Native Mm. American. And this doll was white. Like she was like this like she was fair skinned she wasn't dark and i was like this is so this is so like the whole whitewashing thing just bothers oh me because gosh. it mm. plays into the whole we're going to you know diminish you diminish mm. your authenticity diminish your beauty to whatever we think it yeah. is no barbies definitely play that part it's I think just all those dolls and everything and things like Bratz dolls where you're told to put makeup on them and then again there's like one black Bratz doll and that's it and again that Bratz doll is still quite fair-skinned um just they really really perpetuate these standards and and even on tv like I remember I used to watch a show when I was younger called Millie and Molly and it was a very cute Mm -hmm. show I love it but you would have the white best friend and the black best friend and that was 
that was a difference. It was like, whoa, diversity. And I remember when I was younger, I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Like, she's the main character as well. Mm. And I remember the black girl had curly hair and the white girl had blonde, straight hair. And it's just, again, those those binaries and, oh, just the whitewashing. Um, there's also that, did you realize that in Crayola, like, sets, that the skin color set in Crayola is, like, salmon color <laughs> like it's not if yes. it's that a skin color yes like, it's a skin color for someone who's been in a tanning bed for too long no but the fact that they were just like oh yeah this one pinky colored crayon is skin color that bothered the shit out of me holy balls. the thing is like even in primary school and i was talking to a friend about this a while ago and i was like when i was in primary school or you know what even up until now not that i draw much anymore but i would always draw white stick figures and like white people and I would just never draw people of any other color other than white it was just my kindergarten teacher would be like all right everyone let's go get our skin color and it's just like this is my skin color though how does that make any sense yeah and then when you didn't have a skin like my dumbass like when I didn't have a skin color I'd just make her pink or blue like I didn't really have like like (laughs) I was like there's no one that looks like my skin color even though I am not that dark like I'm not dark whatsoever like I am a light-skinned Lunkin like and even then like they didn't even think about having a color that wasn't shit pink salmon like they just were like yeah this is the one skin color we'll give you guys no I totally agree and I think we all try and make ourselves look lighter as well there are just ways that we do whether it's the type of makeup that we wear or the dresses that we wear I remember being told once by a friend like oh you shouldn't wear that color it's just like it, it makes your skin look dark. Oh, yeah. it doesn't complement your yes, skin tone. Like, how would you know that? How would you know that? And you're not my skin color, so why are you telling me this? And it took me a long time to overcome that. And now being able to be like, no, I want to wear red, so I'm going to wear red. I think red looks great on me. Those kinds of things, those kinds of comments are just so difficult to deal with. Yeah, those. And it's like, why do you feel so free to comment on certain things? Like, you shouldn't feel free to comment on certain things. Like, that's not your no, place. Um, I also had one more thing. I know that, like, I'm not a massive K-pop person. Forgive me, please. But, I've like, I've definitely heard a lot about, um, like, double eyelids in Korea, for instance. Obviously, yeah. don't want to make any generalizations. Trying to do our best to, like, talk about things in a diverse way, I guess. But um, mm. the idea of having double eyelids being so desirable that, they're giving us gifts for birthdays and everything like that. Mm. It's really fucked up to see just how deep Eurocentric beauty standards affect both men and women, um, people of colour. And I don't know, it's just, it's going to be a long road, a long journey, especially when it comes to representation and what we see in socials and hearing what people say about you or skin colour or whatever okay so i just wanted to make sure that i was kind of right about this whole double eyelids thing right okay so in 2017 an estimated 1.3 million people worldwide underwent double eyelid surgery that's a lot of people that's Holy a crap. shit ton of people that's a shit ton of people so many people are absolutely insane um i'm like currently reading this thing so y'all if you if you're interested please go and read it in Japan, for example, 187 
thousand eyelid procedures were done in 2017, well over the amount of every other surgical procedure combined. That's fucked. Holy shit. I know. Um. I know. It's insane. Ugh, that makes me feel sad. That makes me feel really sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also wanted to talk about how when we like gentrify certain things, so I think we've seen this a lot with like tanning and everything. It's such a bad thing for us to be naturally tanned, but then we see all these celebrities just gentrifying that, or even just braids that a lot of black people have. Suddenly they're a style that Justin Bieber is wearing. Oh yeah, no, cultural appropriation is a big issue. It's ratchet when a black woman does it, but when a white woman does it, it's new, it's classic. Oh, it's just it's like, nice. oh, she's a real trendsetter. It's a trend. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it, it really is a trend, and we see that all the time, and I think even things like... um henna like having mehendi on your hand as a brown girl i remember once i went to school and i got told off for having it but a few weeks like a few years later i was at a different school and suddenly it's like it's all the thing now and people are like oh it's so natural and beautiful there are so many types of cultural appropriation right like when it comes to like intellectual property dance clothing language hairstyles and all of that yeah or the tattoos and other Oh my languages. god, remember when Ariana Grande got a tattoo in Japanese oh, and it was, and it was wrong, wrong like it? it wasn't even the proper translation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's so incredibly frustrating. It really bothers me. Like this does not pertain to my okay, this isn't necessarily pertain to Western ideals, beauty standards, but it kind of dovetails into it. Mm. So whenever, if once a white friend of mine in high school mm. asked for henna, and I don't know how to do henna, I have like I have henna, like I have the mandy, like yeah, I have it, but like mm. I wasn't gonna give it to her because I was like I don't know that's slack, but it's wasn't about me gatekeeping henna, whatever the heck, fuck that means. It was more so yeah. like she wanted it because she saw a bunch of white girls at Coachella do it exactly it, it's literally things like Coachella where like putting beads on it sorry not beads putting gems and sequins and all of that stuff is really beautiful and like hippie vibes and exotic and like no it's literally part of cultures like it's ingrained in them but we've all been teased is like or at least for me personally I know you were talking about this as well TR but like been teased for like the culture that we have, the clothes that we wear, all the like shiny little bits and it's like it's too much and it's too flashy but at Coachella it's all the rage, everyone wants it. It's like there's a massive difference, like celebrities want to be like oh no I wasn't being disrespectful but there is a huge difference between cultural Mm. appropriation and cultural appreciation and I think people just don't get that, like when someone, appreciation would be like I understand and I learn from this culture and, you know, in an effort to kind of broaden my perspective and connect with others cross-culturally and spiritually or whatever, I will do this or look at that to fully immerse myself into this culture. No, people don't do that. They just take something that has value to it and they just wear it not knowing its cultural significance or they like add something to it to make it a trend and that's what I find annoying like it's like Kim K and box braids like box oh my braids gosh, exactly are for women with 4C hair that you know 
have very have a certain hair type and that's how they wore it it is a culturally significant thing or like Katy Perry dressed as a geisha like stuff like that it's like that is not cultural appreciation whatsoever that is appropriation no that that is just blatant appropriation and a lot of the time there's no credit given a lot of a lot of the time there's like resurfaced tweets or whatever that I'm not a big person on like resurfacing things people have said like 20 years ago but when they do come out and you know they're quite recent a lot of the times there's racist comments made by these people about that culture that they're trying to appropriate so uh but then all of a sudden like once kim k does it or once jb does it it's the trend like everyone wants it like i want box braids now and i need to have hair like jb and i need to do this and i need tattoos in a different language because ariana did it yeah it's actually like yeah like i had i have a lot of that's why i have a lot of issues um, because with like the Kardashians, for example, and I keep bringing them up um, because they kind of fit that like cultural appropriation and Eurocentric beauty standard box, like because they both perpetuated and they both like she's adopted box braids. She had surgery to give herself um, curves, um, like for the physical features and stuff like that. Or even Kendall Jenner, she came out with a new tequila brand, 818. Don't ask me why I know this, by the way. Like, please don't ask (laughs) me why I know this. Um, But in a lot of her photos, she's, like, she's really culturally appropriated Mexican um, culture. Like, the tan skin, and then all of a sudden she's got a hat and everything that is part of Mexican culture. And suddenly that's, that's like, the trend. That's okay. That's cool. Like, let's all go tan our skin. Let's all put our hair in two braids. Let's all put um, a particular hat on. And let's all go horse riding because we all need that. And that's what rubs me the wrong way about Kylie Jenner and, like, all of those people is that they're so, like, oblivious. Oblivious? Jinx. <laughs> they're so oblivious to what they're doing. Like, physical features, for example, are – integral aspect of black culture like the beautiful full lips the uh, amazing hair the thick hair like black features and culture are preferred to be performed by non-black folks but black folks who don't have a choice in what they look like are demonized for being authentic while on the other hand you have people like Kylie Jenner who are like oh like yes queen let's go oh you look beautiful but it's like there are people that when they they perpetuate that beauty standard but when it's people it's on people who naturally have it they're like yes like a lot of black women have really full lips but they're actually bullied for it and then all of a sudden kylie's out here being like y'all overline your lips and do this and do that and it's just like i'm sorry overline your lips now but black women have been bullied for years for centuries probably for having full lips so how does that make any sense whatsoever so obviously these eurocentric beauty standards are excuse my language beyond fucked oh agreed digesting all this information today has been really hard and as a person of color it's kind of confronting to see just how embedded it is into our history representation matters when beauty is a standard and that only standard is western and aggressively mired in sexist restrictions of the gender binary we all lose because not every single person looks like the beauty standards and it's created this toxic self-hatred other hatred culture and it's so hard to fight so now we're going to identify the ways in which we can resist these beauty standards one identify the history of toxic beauty standards 
it's still noteworthy every time we see a TV show or a movie, an ad or a campaign, to realise that it is white, gender-conforming and abled. Some folks, you know, just don't get featured in pop culture, and if they do, they fulfil Eurocentric beauty standards. And that can be annoying as someone who doesn't fit the standard to watch, because... Mm. Oh, the whole time you're just questioning where am I so even though you get representation you can acknowledge that it has been plagued by Eurocentric beauty standards and you can move on from yep. that if that makes sense yeah I think it's also acknowledging that the roots of all of this are colonialism and imperialism and how dismantling beauty standards is really about that. It's about, you know, stepping away and acknowledging that colonialism and imperialism is something that you've been subject to. You don't, it's just, it's so, so important that that is recognized because I think there's a lot of talk around places being more quote unquote multicultural, but being multicultural doesn't mean that colonialism and imperialism have just been washed away. They still exist. They continue to exist. And these standards are simply a perpetuation of that. I don't know how many times I've said the word perpetuate this episode. Forgive <laughs> me, but yes. <laughs> no, honestly, we sound like we're, you know, we're going back and forth when we talk about this. But if it mm. sounds like we're going back and forth, it's literally because this is all that we know. Like, this is all that was given to us. And that was perpetuated once again we're dropping in that word growing up another thing that i think we can all do and we kind of touched on this but diversifying our media and what type of media we're consuming there are definitely some youtubers some people on instagram that you know i maybe wouldn't follow or subscribe to but i would constantly go on their profile and these were people who didn't look anything like me and i would honestly just feel so so crap about myself and something that i've had to resist and something that I've had to do is visiting these people's profiles and just saying, this is not going to do me any good. I could literally do anything else. I could go on anyone else's profile. I don't need to go on this person's. And just diversifying your media and making sure that you're consuming media that is actually going to uplift you. Because that's the main point of social media. It's to connect with people and you're not connecting with people who don't look anything like you who don't make you feel any better who don't uplift you in any way whatsoever so why are you visiting these people and that's something that is really really difficult to get through to your head but I've really been trying to work on it I don't know what are your thoughts on oh, this, 100% diversifying your media and what you consume is vital to kind of reevaluating your sense of self and kind of completely rejecting these Eurocentric beauty standards because you have and you know we could do a complete episode on the Kardashians and all that they've done throughout the years but it's like um oh my God. yeah you can't really when it comes to like I don't follow any of the Kardashians um solely because I think they're borderline immoral and like their lifestyle is really weird no it's obviously they look it looks amazing but you know they perpetuate these standards and then they completely reject the notion that they have done anything wrong like they lie about getting plastic surgery and all of that so I just kind of I don't follow them I don't really give a crap I acknowledge that their bodies are beautiful but they aren't realistic and you know majority of it majority of it is the way it is because they have money and have access to what the average Joe or the average Shreya does not have access to exactly. the average Shreya um so I think a part of that 
another way of just kind of rejecting these Eurocentric beauty standards entirely is starting to do a little bit of your own self-exploration, whether that is looking into your family history or, you know, trying to get more involved into your own culture, whether it be food, dress and all of that, is to kind of just like, don't concentrate on what other people are doing and what other people look like. Maybe start looking at some of your own stuff because I know that's what I did. Mm, yeah no I definitely had to do that and I just also had to kind of accept that being Indian was is part of who I am and something that I am proud of and I really had to tell myself that and like I know this might sound so cheesy and you're like I would never fucking do that but really look in the mirror and just be like I, I love myself and I am beautiful and like whatever feature you really hate about yourself just accept it because somebody else out there thinks it's gorgeous or like they they envy it and not that you need other people to envy what you have, but you definitely just need to understand that you are you and that's completely fine and that's more than fine and it's something you need to be really proud of. And I feel like if I'd had someone tell me this when I was younger, I would have had such a different experience with dealing with my skin colour and like weight and just everything oh else. Oh lord, yeah. Neither would I. It's just, you're right. These are just some steps that we can take to ensure that you know, this brutal, stupid, unrealistic history of, of Western beauty ideals don't affect us. As, and as much as the media wants to push it onto us, it's not healthy. And hopefully we progress when it comes to representation and diversity and, you know, self-exploration. But for now, I just hope that we all boycott Unilever and Glow and Lovely or whatever bullshit they decide to put out because it's just not it. It's just really not it. Mm, it is not it. And it's all just a bit Hella shitty, shitty baby. Hella <laughs> shitty. Uh, do you think we should end there? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I am talked up. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, again, thank you for all the love on our first episode as well. We really hope you took something away from this episode. If you are someone who's struggling with Eurocentric beauty standards. Honestly, just remember that you are beautiful in every single way. Um, I know that somebody telling you that may not sink in, but you truly are. And that's something we've been trying to tell ourselves as well. And make sure to follow us on N2BC Pod on Instagram. And also let us know your thoughts on this one. You know, what we could do better, what you want us to talk about, anything and everything we want to hear. We want to hear from you. This is your space, so thank you so much for listening.